Hi, I'm Christy Hurt, the founder of The Collab. We are a collective of brand professionals sharing our career stories. Every week, we pair up two members and they interview each other, so you'll get to hear one episode this week and one next week. We're heading into our third year of The Collab, and you can join us too. Sign up at jointhecollab.com and then tell your story. Hi, I'm Sharon Lubergen, and I am the founder of Duke and Winston, and I'm here with Addie Alabor, founder of Dianu. Great to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So just jump in and find out where you grew up and where you went to school. I was born in Nigeria, and my family moved to the U.S. when I was six years old. And we moved to Philadelphia, and later on, we moved outside the city to the suburbs. So I primarily grew up in like Telford, Quakertown area outside of Philadelphia. So it was a pretty, you know, those are small cities outside of Philadelphia. So where did you go to college? I went to a college in Oklahoma. It was called Or Roberts University. It's actually a small Christian school. And interesting enough, it was pretty diverse. So that was where I was able to make a lot of friends that were also from Africa and specifically Nigeria. That experience actually contributed to me embracing my culture and who I was a lot more. And I went to school for international marketing and I minored in French. So I always had this idea, I think, to create my own business or at least go into business. That was kind of the direction I was heading. But I wasn't sure exactly what I would ultimately do with that degree. I know I've always loved all things international. Just learning new languages or the idea of traveling was really something I was interested in. Just learning about other people's cultures as well. So that's kind of what led me to choosing that degree. And after I was finished with undergrad, I moved to France for a year to better improve my French-speaking ability. And I was a nanny for our family in the south of France. It was gorgeous. It was amazing. It was the area where I was. It was called Saint-Paul, close to Nice, France. And it was a, a very wonderful experience. There were some ups and downs, but ultimately a great experience. And after that experience, I moved back to the U.S., And the first job I landed was with an online pet store, actually. At that company, I was an inventory coordinator, which meant that I was in charge of a list of products that I needed to make sure they were constantly in stock. So I learned a lot about working with like worksheets in Excel. And I also touched on merchandising as well. So I was able to learn really some of the back end of online business. So it actually ended up helping me ultimately when I launched my own brand. So, and at that time I had no thought of launching my own company. So I went to St. Joe's University in Philadelphia for my master's in international marketing. And it kind of lined up with all my interests. I enjoyed all things international. And I also enjoyed marketing. My thought for acquiring that master's was I wanted to ultimately work for a company that would send me to other countries to expand their brand or their product line. So that would involve me learning about the culture and being able to 
better market to that new location. So that's what inspired me to go after that degree. And while I, after I finished that degree, I had transitioned to another company working for a company called VWR International. And they are a lab supply company that is based in Radnor, Pennsylvania. I was a market coordinator and that just involved being the middleman to help get products to our vendors. Some of our, our customers, some of our customers were like pharmaceutical companies or schools like Pfizer, Merck, any major, any university really would buy from this company in order to supply their labs with um, either any of the, the products needed. So I, while I was working there, that's where I started thinking that I wanted to start my own company. And I had finished with my master's in international marketing. So I was looking for opportunities to utilize that degree, but nothing was really coming. I wasn't really seeing any opportunities to, to land a role within that, using that degree. So I was like, you know what? I think I want to just start my own company. I was inspired by reading a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it kind of just gave me this idea that if I wanted to ultimately do something I enjoyed, I would have to kind of do my own thing. So I, after speaking to a friend of mine, I realized that there was a void in the market for ready-to-wear Afghan-inspired clothing. And, you know, with coming from Nigeria and having Afghan roots, I would look for this type of clothing online or anywhere, and it really wasn't available. Typically, people would have to buy the fabric and then find a tailor and then get something custom made for them. And in the U.S., as you can imagine, that process is expensive and also time-consuming. And so I wanted to create something that I felt that I needed and also some of my friends or anyone who was interested in something that was unique and celebrated African culture, or they just wanted to look different, you know, but in a modern way, a modern and stylish way. So I, I had this vision to create like the Zara or the H&M of Afghan-inspired fashion. And this was all without having really a fashion background, but I just felt like it was definitely needed. And so I went for it. And so I found like a local fashion designer in Philadelphia who could make my samples, the initial samples to start the brand. And I actually, because I knew ultimately what I wanted to create, I did create like a, a business plan. And initially I was supposed to launch with like three other people, but somehow they kind of backed out. And or they weren't as interested as I was in create, making this thing happen. So then I just kind of decided to do it on my own. And so I, this idea came in 2013. So I was working to get samples made, working to buy the fabric. And then I found local manufacturers in Philadelphia who could cut and sew the garments. And by January 2014, Dianu had launched with six styles for women. It was exciting, you know, to launch a new product, but 
It was also a bit scary because I invested like so much money to launch a line. And I just remember thinking when like, like the very first purchase was from one of my coworkers at the time, because I was still working full time when I launched in 2014. And one of my coworkers, she bought it. I'm like, great, I still need to sell maybe like 300 more of these in order to even break even, but I was going to make it happen. You invested in 300 pieces like to start with? I did. I invested in 300 pieces. I think it was 50. Yeah, it was 50 per style. So it was 300 units all together. And it was all locally made in Philadelphia. And I remember, yeah, I was still working. At that time, I had created like my own website through this host, website host. It was like really bootleg, actually, actually, initially. And then I was also selling through Etsy, eBay, Amazon. So I was really trying to figure out like the best channel for my products. And at the time, I wasn't really able to drive traffic to my website. And I was also doing in-person events. Like, you know, I, I know like doing, you know, outdoor events in the summer. I was selling like on the street, South Street, like in front of like a dentist office. But I was just really invested in getting my products out there. So by May 2014, I actually quit my full-time job and focused full-time on Dianu. At that time, it was not profitable enough to sustain me to live, but I knew it was kind of like a sink or swim situation where it's either I focus full-time and make this happen, or it's just going to always be like a side hustle. So I decided to just focus full-time, try to figure out how to make it happen. And by October of 2014, I took this course on how to promote your products on Facebook through Facebook ads. And from there, it kind of took off because products was just like something that people were already looking for. So it was a matter of them being presented with the product. It wasn't like I had to convince anyone like, hey, buy this product. It was like they were already looking for something that was modern and it was something they were they could wear to feel represented and celebrate the African culture. So it kind of took off October 2014, and by April of 2015, I had to get an office space. Prior to that, I was running out of my apartment, my studio apartment. So I had to get a studio or office space, and I was able to hire my first employee. And, and then by 2015, I had like two full-time employees that needed to help me like packing orders, working with customers to answer questions and et cetera. And then by beginning of 2016, my older brother, Dara, he joined the company. And like Shion was saying, it is very helpful to have another member, especially someone you can trust, be part of your managing team. So that really helped tremendously. And then from there, you know, Diano has grown year over year, and we still see a lot of opportunity. Hearing that story kind of straight through has been great. You know, I know that you guys have experienced like a tremendous amount of growth. And I, I think it's worth saying that because there aren't many people that have like an idea and are in, an, in a space where they're doing something so completely different than this. And they just have an idea to start a brand and then they grow it to the levels that you guys have grown it to, you know, multiple millions of dollars in revenue. And I, I hope you're comfortable with me saying that. But I, I think that it would be good to know 
you must have gone into that, you know, with those 300 pieces, like how, when did you know that this was like a brand that was really like ready to explode? Was it when you started running the Facebook ads or like, when did it, how did you get it from 2014 to like where it's at today? Similar to what I mentioned, it was more so I knew there was a market for the products. So I knew just from doing my own research prior to even launching the brand that people were actively looking for modern Afghan inspired pieces. I remember before I even started creating the, the business plan, I was looking online on Facebook, like there would be groups dedicated to Afghan inspired clothing and people would ask, where can I get this piece? And at that time there was no response, like no one had a specific place where they could find modern Afghan inspired clothing. They said like maybe an aunt got it made in Ghana and sent it to them. It just wasn't very straightforward. So I was like, clearly people are interested in modern Afghan inspired line fashion and there's nowhere for them to go. And I also did looking for companies that I could possibly order from. And truly there was no lead in brand. So I think because I understood like there really was a void in the market, it made my decision to start the company that much easier because I wasn't creating something that was so new that like people, I would have to convince people that this is something you need to buy. The demand was already there. So I think because of that, like it gave me more confidence, I would say, to launch the business and try to find how to reach my customers. So yeah, I think that's really what made my journey a bit easier, I would say. Yeah, and so with the, with the customers, because I would think that African, maybe children of immigrants or immigrants themselves, that is not a such a huge market of people in the US. So. Were you surprised to find like that your customers changed or because for you to have the business at the size that it's at, you must have kind of reached more people than than the target that's out there. So like, are you surprised about like who's become customers or how have you, how's your customer base kind of changed over time? I am not surprised at who our customer base is. When I started the brand, my vision really was for anyone who was interested to celebrate the African culture, they could wear Dianu and it didn't matter what their background was. And our customer base right now, primary customer base right now is African-Americans. And of course, we also have native Africans as well who live in the US or Canada or somewhere else who are also purchasing from us just because it is still a more convenient way to buy this type of fashion. I feel we haven't scratched the surface on our customer base yet. It's still very small, like considering like last year, we only served like 40,000 customers and we're, we've been able to reach the revenue level we've reached, but like there's still a lot of people who would love to wear our stuff that are not aware. And then it's a matter of also trying to get them to feel comfortable ordering online. So not everybody, you know, wants to order clothing online because trust or like maybe sizing issue, you know, et cetera. We still have a lot of ground to cover. And I think that is what makes it exciting because 
we feel like we're just still getting started. This is our 10th year in business, but it still feels like we're still just getting started. So it is exciting to see where we could possibly go. And we are looking forward to taking on the challenge, but it's it's been quite a journey so far. And we're still looking to create more brand awareness and acquire more customers. Across this journey, like what are some of the challenges that you kind of have faced or, or face, you know, as you're trying to kind of grow? Yeah, that's a very good question. I think one of the biggest challenge is really human resource, finding the right team to help you cover certain parts of the business and to ultimately help you grow. It's just a challenge finding quality people that believe in what you're doing and they want to stick around to help you make it a reality. So I would say the biggest challenge is really finding human resources and people who will be excellent team members. As you already mentioned, you know, with experience that you can be a one-man show and create, you know, and scale a business. It, It definitely requires a solid team. So that's something we're always still working on. Luckily, I have at least one solid team member, my brother, <laughs> my brother. But we also have, have added team members who have been with us. We have one team member who's been with us for, I think, five years now. She might be our longest team member. And yeah, it's really nice to have people who are invested as well and willing to stick around and help us make our this dream a reality. Great. And what are you the most proud of? the brand like that you've accomplished you know since you started i would say i'm most proud of how far we've come in terms of product diversity or even like our use of, of fabric we you know african print is printed on cotton 100 percent cotton and doesn't really have much give to it but over the years we've diversified to use especially our, our stretch woven fabric, which allows for stretch, especially for women's garments, like on dresses, pants, and our customers love it. And initially it was kind of a risk because we weren't sure if how well our customers would like us deviating from like the norm, but they've come to really embrace some of the different qualities or fabric choices that we've been using over the years. And we've used them for a purpose to make things fit better or just for functionality and for more comfort, really. So I'm really proud of how we've diversified and we are different from a lot of other companies or brands who are in our space. Like we are, we are more comprehensive in our offering for men, women, and kids. And even in our product categories, you know, from swimwear active to formal, casual. So we try to offer a pretty wide variety of options to create a lifestyle brand that our customers, they can really wear us throughout any activity, you know, that they're engaging with. So we're really proud of that. Great. And lastly, what's next? I know you mentioned, you know, some of what you guys are trying to, to do, but is there any like main thing that's that's like next on the horizon for you guys? Yeah, so this year we're looking to expand into Canada and the UK. Canada first, as, as far as establishing a partnership with the 3PL, so they can ship into that market for us. Right now, as you know, any customer shopping for US products, they have to pay a really high custom and duties fee and shipping costs. So we want to eliminate that barrier for them 
and be really be able to take over that market for our products. And we'll want to do the same thing in the UK. So we're really looking forward to that this year. And then next year, we're still entertaining, considering if we want to go into wholesale and further expand into the U.S. because there's still so much more opportunity for that. And that could be an avenue for growth, as you already know. So that's something we're also looking into. Really happy that you were able to come on and thank you for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for being here for the Collab Career Stories podcast. Please follow us on social media at Join the Collab and sign up to become a member and share your story at jointhecollab.com.